for us. And speaking of leadership development, you know, we love that. At H2OBG, it's really important for us to be raising up leaders and even in the H2O network to be planting churches. And so a part of that is, uh, is given our pastors in training an opportunity to preach. And so we're really excited about Kent Ramsey today, one of our pastors in training preaching. He usually has the guitar in front of him, but today he's just going to be uh, sharing the word with us. I love meeting with Kent. His, uh, his heart and his mind are great. Every time I meet with him, my mind and my heart are stimulated for the Lord because of just his, uh, his deep thinking and his, his heart. So we're really excited about hearing from Kent Ramsey today. But before he comes up, we wouldn't want you to just come and leave and not get to meet anybody. So if you don't mind just standing up, we'd uh, want to build some community here and say hi to somebody around you. That would be great as Kent comes up. All right. Well, good morning, H2O. It is good to be together. Like Matt said, my name is Kent Ramsey. I'm on staff here with the church. I'm creative arts director, worship director, but every so often I do get an opportunity to share in kind of a different way. So I'm really excited to be doing that with you this morning. Um, if you've been with us, you know that we are in the middle of a series right now that we've been calling Upside Down. And really this series is all about how 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus Christ, he walked this earth, left footprints here in the dirt, right? That, and that while he was here, he said and did some things that were just completely countercultural, right? He said things like, like, love your enemies and, and blessed are the poor in spirit. And he said all this stuff. And when people heard it, they were just like, what is he talking about, right? But, but for those who would actually listen to him and trust him and walk with him for long enough, that eventually they would begin to kind of see what he meant. And as a result, their lives were completely flipped upside down, or maybe even better said, right side up. Um, and so it's been a great series. Our real hope is that that same thing would happen for us today, that as we kind of look at some things that Jesus has said and that it, that it says in the Bible that our lives would begin to change and, and transform for the better. And, and so it's been great, um, and I'm excited to be continuing this with you this morning. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is, is really this topic of, of God's presence um, and what, what do we mean when we talk about God's presence, right? And I think this can be kind of like an unclear or, we, or even weird sometimes or confusing topic to talk about because um, it's a little bit churchy or, or Christianese, if you've, if you've heard that, that like if I were to like leave the church right now and just kind of walk around town and say, hey, how would you define God's presence? I think some people would just be really weirded out and be like, oh my gosh, don't even talk to me. Um, but others, you know, the people that I could actually get to engage with me, um, would probably say something like, you know, this one time I was on a hike and I was walking up to the top of a mountain and, you know, when I got to the top, I looked out and I just, I sensed that there was something more, you know? And I, I don't know if I would say that that's God necessarily, but maybe it's like, like the force on Star Wars or something like that, you know? Like people just have a sense that there's, there's something more to this life. And what I think is interesting is that if I were to come back in the church, right, and talk to people who actually go to church, I don't think that our definition of God's presence would be all that different, right? Like, it'd be something like, ah, oh, you know, God's presence, like, that's when the worship band is playing and the reverb on the guitar is cranked really loud, you know, and it's like, they're singing about love and I just start to cry. And then that's what God's presence is. And, and that's not bad. Like we want to worship God and, and God has given us emotions uh, to experience him. And, and man, that is so, so good. But today, what I want to suggest is that God's presence is more than a force or a feeling. In fact, that's the big idea. Uh, so if you don't remember anything else that I say this morning, just remember that, that God's presence, it's more 
than a forcer of feeling. And I think that this is just a completely upside-down idea, right? In, in our culture that is just so consumed with experiences and, and entertainment, right, and just nonstop, kind of like appealing to our senses, right, that, 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 that this literally means that when the music stops and when the lights turn off, you know, and, and when your vacation ends and you're waiting for your next vacation, that, that literally we're, we're still left with a God who's always with us and who never leaves us. And so that's, that's really good news for us this morning. I'm going to really just unpack what we mean when we talk about God's presence today. And, and, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make kind of two sort of uh, uh, talk kind of about God's presence in two big ideas. So on the one hand, I'm going to talk about God's sort of general presence in the world. And then I'm going to move to talk about God's sort of special presence or manifest presence. And that's a little bit different. And so I'll talk about that. And at the end, I'll give us some practical stuff. Too. So, so if, you're, um, if you're new, man, we're just glad that you're here joining us wherever you're at. Um, feel free to use the Bibles in front of you. Feel free to take notes. Uh, we actually have an app, so you can take notes on there, or feel free to, to take notes in the handouts as well. Um, but I'm going to go ahead, and I'm just going to dive in. Um, so, so here we go. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is God's general presence, right? And, and this is this idea of God's sort of omnipresence. Right? Maybe you've heard that before, that God is everywhere at once. And this is why, if you're in the room and you're someone who you would not consider yourself a follower of Christ, this is why you can kind of sense that there's something more, right? because God is, is everywhere at once. He's omnipresent. Uh, and theologians actually talk about this idea with two really big words. It's the word transcendence and imminence, which means far and near. I don't know why they don't just say that. They have to pick these really big words, but, but literally, transcendence and imminence just means far and near. And so we see this idea of transcendence, God's transcendence and his imminence just throughout the scriptures. Uh, and I want to take a look really quick at Jeremiah 23, verse 23 to 24. Uh, and it says this, am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? And so what I want us to see there is, is that God is both at hand, right, and also far away, right, that he fills both the heavens and the earth, right, this idea of transcendence and imminence. And throughout the ages, people have just debated about this idea that it could even be possible, right? Because it sort of seems like a little bit illogical almost, like it's a little bit too big for our minds. And so what people tend to do is they tend to really just favor one side over the other. And so on one hand, you have these people that say, no, 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 God can't be far and near. God can, he can just be near. And this is the naturalist view. And what naturalists believe is literally um, that, that, um, that everything arises from natural properties and causes, right? And, and so anything supernatural, anything spiritual, man, that doesn't really exist, right? That, that if there is ever anything that is kind of crazy or unexplainable that happens, then man, maybe that, that's just kind of the universe doing its thing. And you can call it God if you want to, but really this is just kind of nature working itself out. So you see that on the one side, and on the other side, you have people that say, no, that's not right. Actually, what it is, is that God can only be far. He can't be near, right? Only transcendent, can't be imminent. And this is the religious view. And what these people believe is, what these people believe is that there is a supernatural God, and he's big, and he's powerful, but he's just far away. 
Like he's somewhere off in the clouds and he's really not interested in what's happening here on earth, right? In fact, if you want to kind of have any contact with God, these people would say that, man, you have to be like really religious, really, really, really good. And then if you're lucky, then maybe someday you can get to God. And so we see these kind of two sides, right? People say God can't be transcendent and imminent. And both of them kind of make sense. I'm not saying that they're bad all the way through or anything like that. But what I want to suggest is that when we're talking about something like how the universe works, or is there a God, like shouldn't those kinds of like questions be bigger than our three-pound brains, if that's how much our brains weigh? I don't even know. Right? Like shouldn't those be like just huge, uh, just massive answers? And again, I'm not saying that God is like against logic or, or that logic is bad or anything like that, but what I'm saying this morning is that God is not limited to our ability to, to reason and, and to, to like fit into our minds. Um, quick example, quick story. Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, my wife, Lauren, and I, she was my, my fiance back then, we went ring shopping. We were looking for wedding bands. She had already, I'd already given her an engagement ring. And so we got to the jewelry store, and we're kind of walking around. We're looking at all the rings behind the glass. And about 30 seconds in, the salesman comes up, which is, that's just what they do, like 30 seconds. What ring do you want to see? And it's like, oh my gosh, we just want to look. Um, but they come up, and we're, we're like, okay, we want to see this ring. And it looked good behind the glass and everything. Um, but then the, the salesman pulls the ring out from behind the glass and puts it underneath this special light and then just begins to rotate it. And at that moment, like, the light just begins to pass through all the different facets on the diamond, and the thing just starts to sparkle. And Lauren's like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, oh no, look at how expensive it is. <laughs> and, uh, and so the moral of the story is don't go to jewelry stores. It'll be really, really awkward. Um, what I want us to understand is that when we're talking about God's presence, that we have to see it with all of its different facets right? That it's transcendence and it's imminence. And when we see it in this light, when we don't just like put it behind, behind some glass, right, and box it in, that it is beautiful. It is so beautiful. And, and I want to kind of show you how it's beautiful really quick with another verse. You can write this down, Ephesians 4.6. Ephesians 4.6 says this, that there is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all, and in all. And what I want to do with this verse is I want to treat it like that diamond, and I want to kind of show you each of the different facets in this verse, right? So first, that God is in all, right? That literally everybody was made in the image of God, Christian or not, right? So this means that every person you will ever meet has dignity, value, and purpose, right? You've heard red, yellow, black, white, all are precious in his sight, right? That cheesy old rhyme, and this is true, that God is in all, Right? And so that's beautiful. But then you look at the next facet, that God is also through all. Right? The reality that, that God is involved in his creation. The Bible says he holds all things together. Right? So we can learn about God through science. Right? And nature matters. And all this stuff like really matters. And God cares about his creation. Right? And then finally, that last facet, that God is also over all. That even though he's involved in his creation, that he's not limited by it. And so at times, God chooses to act in supernatural ways in order to accomplish his purposes. And I think this is the most beautiful because this is where we see just the picture of Jesus, right? That, that literally a transcendent, huge God 
becomes imminent, draws near to his creation in Jesus Christ, right? And not only does he just draw near in the incarnation, right, and walk the earth, the Bible says that he literally was willing to die for it. Like Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us that, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like what good news is that? Like that is, that is just crazy. It's, it's beautiful, it's transcendent, and it's imminence. Like this is the God that we're talking about this morning. And so his presence, man, it's not limited to just a force or a feeling at this point, right? Like God's presence actually became a man named Jesus who loves us all a ton. And that's just such good news. And this is where I kind of want to shift uh, topics, right? Because so far I've been talking about sort of how we can, we can sense God's presence. Well, now I mentioned Jesus, and, and this means that we can literally know God personally. His presence can be something really personal. Um, and so this is the second section about God's special presence, or God's manifest presence is another way to, to describe that. And so I want to explain what I mean here by God's manifest presence, because we don't talk about that too often. Um, but often in the Bible, what we see is that God was just like pursuing his people, manifesting his presence. And in the Old Testament, we see that often he appears in this image of fire, right? We see Moses, or God appear to Moses in a burning bush, right? And then he leads the Israelites out of slavery with a pillar of fire, Right? And then he meets with Moses at the top of Mount Sinai in a, in a ring of fire, that, that God literally, he appears in this image of fire. And I think that's really profound and significant, right? Because if you think about a fire, I really like fires. Um, I'm not like a pyromaniac or anything like that. But I, just, I, I love to just look at them, and they're beautiful, and they're warm, and they're useful, right, on the one hand. But then on the other hand, fires are also dangerous, right? And they can burn and all this stuff. And I think this speaks to the reality that God is both merciful on the one hand, and he's just, right? That, that God draws near to his creation in Jesus Christ because he loves it so much. But he also knows that, man, there is brokenness and hurt and pain in the world. And so he wants to bring justice to that stuff, right? And I don't think any of us would deny that the world has just some, some terrible things that happen here, right? That there's, there's murder, there's abuse, there's all these different forms of slavery, there's all this stuff, and God would not be a good God if he was just okay with that, you know? And he just was like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to sit up here safe in the clouds or, or whatever. That like a fire, God wants to bring justice to all that stuff. And on the one hand, I think we hear that and we're like, man, that is loving, you know? But then on the other hand, I think we hear that and we get like almost a little bit of like fear, Right? Because we think, you know, on some level, I'm a part of the problem. And I, I am, as I stand up here on the stage, like on some level, we've all done, done stuff that's been, been messed up, right? Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? And so what does this mean? Does this mean that like we're in danger, right, of God's presence? Is that what it means? Is it like where the street preacher's right, like the turn or burn, you know, that kind of thing? Is that what this means? Well, I think uh, it's kind of like, like a fire, like there's two sides to it. And I want to show you that just by telling you another quick story. Um, so out west, there's just these massive fields of dry grass, just big old massive fields of dry grass. And uh, a long time ago, these like pioneers 
would, would travel across these fields, right? Because they would have, and they would go in wagons and on horses, right? Because that's how they got around. Uh, and so occasionally, they'd be traveling across these big fields and a fire would break out, whether it be from like a lightning storm or just like extreme heat or something like that. And when these fires would break out, they would just sweep across the, the plains so fast that these pioneers would, they would just be in danger, right? And you could see the fire uh, just coming in the distance and you could see the smoke. And when this would happen, they would have to do something. And so what they would do is they would take whatever they had, be it a lantern or, or something else, and they would set a fire, a literal another fire nearby them, right? And they would burn the ground and then they would quickly put that fire out. So that way when the surrounding fire drew near, they could stand on the ground that had already been burned and there was nothing left for the fire to consume, so that way they were safe. Guys, the reality is God cares about his creation so much that he, he's bringing justice like a fire, right? And that on our own, none of us can stand. Uh, we can't be like good enough. We can't be religious enough. We can't do anything uh, to stand in the presence of God on our own. We have to stand on the ground that has already been burned, and this is Jesus. Right, that, that literally Jesus uh, on the cross right, takes, takes the wrath of God in our place right, so that we can stand before God and literally know him personally. This is the good news of the gospel, right? And what's crazy about that is once we make that decision, once we say, you know what, I know I'm broken, I know I need a savior, uh, and I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus, then the Bible says everything changes, right? That God sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of us Right? And this is just this deep, personal connection that we have with God through the Holy Spirit when we make that decision to follow Jesus. Right? And this is, this is crazy. Um, I want to show you Ezekiel 36, 27. And it says this. God said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So we see this reality that, that God puts his spirit in us, right? That literally God is always with us through the Holy Spirit inside of us. And then it says that he's going like to cause us to walk in his statutes, that literally that, that the Holy Spirit is transforming us, right? Making us new. Uh, and it's not like this forceful sort of like making you like act different or whatever. It's literally this loving relationship between, between us and God. It's really, really personal. I want to tell you another quick story. Um, when I was younger... I played hockey for most of my life. And uh, so I'd be like, when I was 13 years old, I played on like a 16-year-old team. So I was pretty good, not to toot my own horn, but like beep, beep. Um, <laughs> and uh, because of that, my dad would always volunteer to, to like coach, right? He'd always volunteer to, to coach the team. And so he'd be there with me all the time. He'd be at the games. He'd be... You know, he'd be at the practices. He'd actually be in the locker room and all this stuff. And I loved it, right, because, because this was my dad, and I loved him. And, and these older kids were kind of intimidating, right? But because my dad was with me, literally, I just had this confidence, right, because I knew that regardless of what these older kids would do, that my dad had my back, right, that he, that he cared about me. And beyond that, like, I kept out of trouble, honestly, because I wanted to, to honor my dad. Um, Man, and it just, it really affected everything because my dad was with me, and that was great. Guys, when we make a decision to, to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives, with, lives within us, that God is always with us, always, 
right? He's like a loving father who wants what's best for his kids. And I just think, like, this is just a crazy idea. You know what I mean? Like that, that even when you were driving over here and, and somebody cut you off in traffic or whatever, that God was with you right then. You know, if we really believe that, how much would, affect, how much would it affect, like, the things that we say you know, and the things that we do, and how much confidence would we have when we're nervous and when we don't feel strong? How much strength would we feel knowing that God is literally right there with us? You know, it's, it's just crazy. But I think, like, it's a hard concept to really truly believe deep down. And, and as your, your worship director, uh, I actually feel like in some ways I have to take a little bit of ownership of this. Um, and here's what I mean. There's a a pastor named John Wesley from a long time ago, way before I was born. And what John Wesley said was that if you want to know what a church believes, don't read their statement of faith because nobody knows the statement of faith. Anyone know our, our statement of faith? No? Okay, yeah. So if you want to know what a church believes, don't read the statement of faith, but look at the hymnal, like the songs, right? Hymnals, that's where they used to keep the songs. If, anyway, uh, if you want to know what a church believes, look at the songs. You know? And I've been around long enough where we've sung all kinds of different songs. Um, and occasionally there'll be a song that's like, God, bring your presence here, or God, you are welcome here, or God, like, come to us, right? And so it can be confusing because it's like, well, is God's presence and is his spirit always with me, or do I have to, like, invite it here, right? Like, which is it? It's just confusing. And so what I want to say is that theologically, yes, the Bible promises, promises us, and, and, and just literally, that God's presence is always with us. Hebrews 13, 5, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. But throughout the Bible, we also see that there are going to be moments when it does not feel like that, that, that it's literally going to feel at times, even, even though God is with you, it's going to feel like God has left. And in these moments, we see verses like James 4, 8, that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right, this beautiful promise that even though it might not feel like God is, is with you in the moment, that he is, and you can draw near to him, and he'll, he'll draw near to you. Um, and I'm not saying this to say, like, so we can sing whatever songs we want, and like, theological stuff doesn't matter, because uh, my opinion is that literally there's too many, just too many songs out there to waste our time with any song that's just not like, clear. Um, but you can talk about that over lunch or whatever. Um, I just think that sometimes we can get too theological with this idea, right? And we can say, yep, God is with me all the time, check the theological box, and then move on, right? And in that sense, our relationship with God literally becomes like a middle school dating relationship. You know what I mean? Where you go, you're like, hey, will you ask that girl out? And like someone goes and asks her out, and she says yes, and then you both giggle, and then you never talk to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like we do this in our relationships with God, but man, we need to literally draw near to God, that this is a, like a real relationship, that God is literally with you, and you can invest in that relationship, you can draw near to God. Uh, there's a, a monk from a long time ago, I think like the 16th century, his name is Brother Lawrence, uh, and he wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. Uh, and in that book, he talks about how he made it his life's goal to literally never forget that God was with him, to like always be practicing mindfulness that the presence of God never left him. And so he'd be going around doing his like monk things, like scrubbing floors and 
cleaning potatoes or whatever else monks do. And uh, he would literally just be remembering that God's presence was with him all the time. And it's this beautiful picture uh, of drawing near to God. And I'm not saying we need to become monks. That would be weird. Like, I think they wore robes and stuff like that. Like, we don't have to do that. But I am saying, like, we literally, like, we can draw near to God. Like, how close do you feel in your relationship with Jesus right now? We can draw near to him, however that looks for you. And maybe it does look like singing certain songs. But we can draw near to God. And so I want to get practical for a second, and I want to give you just five ways that I have found to be helpful to draw near to God in my relationship with him. Uh, These aren't like the only ways you can draw near to God. You can come up with your own, but they gave me a microphone today, so you get to hear my five. Um, And they're nothing fancy. These are things you can do in any relationship. Um, But here you go. Five things we can do when we don't feel close to God. And this is kind of how I want to close things up today. So number one, pray unfiltered prayers. Pray unfiltered prayers. And here's what I mean there. I think uh, for me personally, sometimes prayer can just become like a little bit routine, right? When I, when I was growing up, I was always taught to pray before bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know, the rest of it. Um, and that's not bad. Like we, we should pray those kinds of prayers. They're really good. Uh, but occasionally, I think we just get locked in sort of like this routine of praying the same old things about the same old things and never really telling God what's on our hearts. And, you know, maybe it's because we don't want to offend God, or maybe it's we just think we need to pray in a certain way. But literally, God can handle whatever is on your heart. Like, he's not going to be offended. We can just share with him what's going on. And this was huge for me when I realized this. And I actually started practicing doing it out loud, uh, which was helpful for me because I could just say, God, here's the way I'm feeling. And as I'm saying it, I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. This is literally what I'm feeling. And if you do that, don't do it in public. Like, don't be in Starbucks and, God, I don't like this coffee. I'm mad about it. That would be really awkward. But literally, we can pray, like, just share with God what is on your heart. Uh, and this is one way that we can draw near to him, and I've found it to be helpful. Um, so that's number one. Number two is unplug. Unplug. And so what I mean by that is obvious, obviously like we live in a, a culture and in a time that is just like really noisy and we're just constantly surrounded by entertainment and all this stuff that we can do and all these distractions, right? That it's really easy to forget that we have a relationship with God and that God wants to speak to us. But I discovered this thing, it's crazy. On the side of my phone, there's this button and I can press it and the phone turns off and you have to hold it down for a little while, but like it'll actually turn off, you know? And I just think we need like a, a regular practice of like stepping away from our schedules, stepping away from just the technology and just getting quiet before God. And I think we'll be amazed at, at how much clearer we can think. Um, so that's number two. Number three, this one's crazy. I came up with this all on my own. Read the Bible. They told me to read the Bible in church. What? Um, so somebody, somebody told me that if we have to choose between praying and reading the Bible, always choose to read the Bible because it's more important for us to hear what God has to say than for him to hear what you have to say. And I thought that was really funny. Um, and it's not to say that prayer is not important or anything like that, but I just literally think, you know, sometimes when you're having a hard time praying and you don't know, like, where to begin, 
maybe you start with reading the Bible. Like you open it up, and I found it to be helpful. I read the Bible, and it's almost like God is starting the conversation. And now all of a sudden, I have things to pray about, right? Because God is like literally speaking to us through the Bible, like literally like so much history of, of God just doing his stuff uh, through it, throughout the world is, is in the Bible. And we can, we can literally hear from God uh, in his word. So that's number three. Number four is fellowship. And this is just a big churchy word for community. Um, no matter how introverted you are, and, and I'm an introvert too, like you are made for other people. Like you can't do this walk with Jesus. You can't do this life thing on your own. Bible says where, where two or three are gathered, there I am among them. Um, I think we literally need to push ourselves to get in community, to talk about the real stuff that's going on, to, to have fun, to like laugh together, uh, to do all this stuff. And this is why we have our groups every week or every other week, right? So we can, we can have community. And I really do think that, that God meets us there um, and, and we can experience intimacy in that way. <clears throat> and then fifth and finally, and this is how I'm going to close things up today, um, confess sin confess sin. Um, like I said, I think, it's, I think it's hard to just let it sink in that, that God is always with us, right? That, that he's with us right now. He's going to be with you when you leave here. He was with you last night, and he was with you the day before, right? And so literally, God sees all the things that we do, right? And I think sometimes we just, we don't talk to him about it right? We just, we kind of leave the stuff that we do sort of unchecked. Um, and I just think that's backwards, right? How weird would it be if in one of your close friendships, right, you were, you were hanging out with your friends all the time and you like consistently like offended your friend, you know, just did things that offended them, but then you never talked about it, right? You'd still be friends and everything like technically, but you're not going to feel that close. You know what I mean? I just, I think we need a regular reflex of saying, God, I'm sorry, and the beautiful thing about, about that is when we do that, the Bible promises that his arms are open wide, literally ready uh, uh, to forgive us. Um, so if you're feeling distance from God, maybe this is, is something that, that we need to do. And, and so here's how I want to close. If you are here this morning and you're someone who, man, you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus right now, but you're sensing that, that man, I do have just like brokenness and I, I do, I know that I have sin, right? And I know that the world is broken. That maybe we would begin here with this, with this confession, right? That God doesn't want you just to know him as like this, this distant force or this distant feeling that literally he wants to know you personally, right? And when you bring your stuff to him, that Jesus literally is, is big enough, the cross is big enough to handle any of that stuff. And you can literally begin a relationship with Jesus here today, and it could change everything, totally turn everything upside down. So if that's you, man, during this last time of worship, I would love just to invite you to find someone in the room, uh, whether it be a staff or someone you're comfortable with, and just tell them, man, I'm, I'm ready to, to know Jesus. We'd love to pray with you and, and talk with you. Um, and for the rest of us, um, I just want to close and say, how close do you feel to Jesus right now? Right? You can literally draw near to him. And the Bible promises that he will draw near to us. 
And so we're going to close in a time of worship. And like I said, this is literally one of the, the big ways that we can experience God's presence and, and, and feel him and know that he's real. And so I'm going to invite us all to do that. Um, and I'm going to pray and invite the band to come back up, and, and we can do that. So let's pray together.